Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today we are resuming our study in the Acts of the Apostles. We're going to read chapters 25 and 26 today, which is a continuation of Paul having to give an account standing before certain people and certain councils having to give a defense. Now, last week he stood before Felix, who tried to extort money out of him, who left him locked up for two years. Um, just completely ridiculous. This time he stands before Festa or Festus, and he gets kind of put in a situation where Festus is trying to take him back to Jerusalem to do the Jews a favor. Paul knows that's not going to be a fair situation, so he uses his right as a Roman citizen, and he declares um, to be seen by Caesar, uh, which is uh, basically means he'll go to Rome, where he'll be tried as a Roman citizen. Uh, he, he's also going to give a very important defense before King Agrippa, uh, which to date... Uh, as we work through this story, seems to be the best testimony that uh, he gives with some of the most detail. And so that is what is on the agenda for today. Try to imagine how hard it would be at times to keep positive, to really keep the faith. Think of the things that we struggle with in our lives that rattle our faith that are so much smaller than I've been in prison for two years for the gospel and I keep standing before people who continue to mistreat me and intentionally try to favor the liars. Right? Like, even though the people making the judgments know that I'm not guilty, they continue to favor the liars. Like, this, think about how wicked and evil that is. And what it would be like to face those circumstances. That's what Paul is up against. And so with that backdrop, let's take a look. The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 25 and 26 this morning. Let's begin. Verse 1. Festus, then having arrived in the province... Three days later, went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. And the chief priests and the leading men of the Jews brought charges against Paul, and they were urging him, requesting a concession against Paul, that he might have him brought to Jerusalem, at the same time setting an ambush to kill him along the way. Festus then answered that Paul was being kept in custody at Caesarea, and that he himself was about to leave shortly. Therefore he said, Let the influential men among you go there with me, and if there be anything wrong about the man, let them prosecute him. After he had spent not more than eight or ten days among them, he went down to Caesarea, and on the next day he took his seat on the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought. After Paul arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood round about him, bringing many and serious charges against him, which they could not prove. While Paul said in his own defense, I have committed no offenses 
either against the law of the Jews or against the temple or against Caesar. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, answered Paul and said, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me on these charges? But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal, where I ought to be tried. I have done no wrong to the Jews, as you also very well know. If then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything worthy of death, I do not refuse to die. But if none of these things is true, of which these men accuse me, no one can hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then when Festus had conferred with his counsel, he answered, You have appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you shall go. Now when several days had elapsed, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea and paid their respects to Festus. Please note, just a little background on this King Agrippa. So he's Herod, King, he's Herod Agrippa II, son of Herod who killed James and imprisoned Peter. He was the last of the Herods who would play a prominent role in the New Testament history. His great uncle, Herod Atipus, was Herod of the Gospels, while his great-grandfather, Herod the Great, ruled at the time that Jesus was born. So though not the ruler of Judea, Agrippa was well-versed in Jewish affairs. Bernice, not Agrippa's wife, but his consort and sister, their sister Drusilla was married to the former governor Felix. Their insensuous relationship was the talk of Rome while Agrippa grew up. Bernice for a while became the mistress of Emperor Vespian, then his son Titus, but always returned to her brother. So that's who we're dealing with here. Now, when several days had elapsed, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea and paid their respects to Festus. While they were spending many days there, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, There is a man who was left a prisoner by Felix, and when I was in Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews brought charges against him, asking for a sentence of condemnation against him. I answered them that it is not the customs of the Romans to hand over any man before the accused meets his accusers face to face and has an opportunity to make his defense against the charges. So after they had assembled there, I did not delay, but on the next day took my seat on the tribunal and ordered the man to be brought before me. When the accuser stood up, they began bringing charges against him, not of such crimes I was expecting, but they simply had some points of disagreement with him about their own religion, and about a dead man, Jesus, whom Paul asserted to be alive. Being at a loss at how to investigate such matters, I asked whether he was willing to go to Jerusalem and there stand trial on these matters. But when Paul appealed, he be held in custody, custody for the emperor's decision. I ordered him to be kept in custody until I sent him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I also would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, he said, you shall hear him. All right, so Festus tells King Agrippa, hey, there's this guy, here's what's going on. Um, the Jews want me to bring charges against him. I asked me if he'd go to Jerusalem. He wouldn't. He appealed to Caesar. So this is their scenario. Agrippa's interested. Um, remember, he has a fairly well knowledge of Jewish customs and all of this. 
But if you notice, even Festus agrees. Like, there's really nothing wrong. They're just arguing with him over religious things. But yeah, Paul remains imprisoned. Let's continue on. Before Agrippa. So on the next day, when Agrippa came together with Bernice amid General Pompton, entered into the auditorium, accompanied by a commanders and the prominent men of the city. At the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. And Festus said, King Agrippa, and all you gentlemen here present with us, you see this man about whom all the people of the Jews appeal to me, both at Jerusalem and here, loudly declaring that he ought not to live any longer. But I found that he had committed nothing worthy of death, and since he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to send him. Yet I have nothing definite about him to write to my lord. Therefore, I have brought him before you all, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after the investigation has taken place, I may have something to write. For it seems absurd to me in sending a prisoner not to indicate also the charges against him. So please note, here's the reason. It's not like Festus hasn't heard all this before, right? He's bringing him before Paul because he needs something to write. Like, here's why I'm sending this guy to you, Caesar. Um, and he's the, what he's complaining about now is he's like, I have no idea what his charges are. How am I going to send him to Caesar? So that's kind of why this is taking place. So we're going to read chapter 26, which is Paul's defense before King Agrippa. And many of us know the line, right, where King Agrippa says that he, that Paul has almost convinced him to be a Christian. And furthermore, he says there's nothing wrong with this man. If he hadn't appealed to Caesar, he should be let go. Right? But remember, Paul kind of had to appeal to Caesar because Festus was trying to take him back to Jerusalem where he knew he wasn't going to get a fair shake. Oh, that would be such a struggle. All right, we're going to read 26, listening to Paul's defense before King Agrippa. Agrippa said to Paul, You are permitted to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand and proceeded to make his defense. In regard to all the things which I am accused by the Jews, I consider myself fortunate, King Agrippa that I am about to make my defense before you today, especially because you are an expert in all customs and questions amongst the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. So then all the Jews know my manner of life from my youth up from the beginning when I spent my own nation and at Jerusalem. Since they have known about me for a long time, if they are willing to testify that I lived as a Pharisee according to the strictest sect of our religion... And now I am standing trial for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers, the promise to which our twelve tribes hope to obtain, as they earnestly serve God night and day. And for this hope, O King, I am being accused by the Jews. Why is it considered incredible amongst you people if God does raise the dead? So then I thought to myself that I had to do many things hostile to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And to his, and this is just what I did in Jerusalem. Not only did I lock up many of the saints in prisons, having received authority from the chief priest, but I also, when they were being put to death, I cast my vote against them. 
And as I punished them often in all synagogues, I tried to force them to blaspheme. And being furious and raged at them, I kept pursuing them even to foreign cities. So please note, Paul's starting by saying, look, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. In fact, not a, I was locking up Christians. I was casting votes for them to be put to death. I was chasing them in other cities. I was punishing them in synagogues. I was trying to force them to blaspheme. If you think about it, before Paul's conversion, he wasn't much better than the Jews that are up against him right now, right? But of course we know the Holy Spirit changes us. Verse 12, while I was so enraged, I was journeying to Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun shining all around me, and those who were journeying with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, and the, and the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and stand on your feet. For this purpose I have appeared to you, to appoint you a minister and a witness not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things which I will appear to you, rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. So King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision, but kept declaring both to those in Damascus first and also in Jerusalem, and then throughout all the region of Judea and even to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. Please note, we've been talking about actions, right? And greasy grace and all this. What is Paul's message? Is Paul's message just, God just loves you the way you are? Is that Paul's message? Repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. That's his message. Nothing more needs said. Verse 21, For this reason, some Jews seized me in the temple and tried to put me to death. So having obtained help from God, I stand to this day testifying both to small and great, stating nothing but what the prophets and Moses said was going to take place, that the Christ was to suffer and that by reason of his resurrection from the dead, he would be the first to proclaim light both to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. While Paul was saying this, his defense, Festus said in a loud voice, Paul, are you out of your mind? Your great learning is driving you mad. Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I utter words of sober truth, for the king knows about these matters, and I speak to him also with confidence, since I am persuaded that none of these things escape his notice for this has not been done in a corner. So please note, Festus can't 
control his mouth. In the middle of the proceedings, he has to raise his voice, but says with a loud voice, and tell Paul, you're out of your mind. You see, Festus is dumbfounded that somebody with Paul's educational background could believe such lunacy that people could be raised from the dead. There is not much difference, friends, between the Roman Empire and the United States of America and the Western world. Think about how we view higher education, which, as many of you know, is less about higher education, but more about mind control, propaganda, nonsense. Let me read you this little section here. Out of the study Bible, you are out of your mind. Festus was astonished that a learned scholar like Paul could actually believe that the dead would live again, something no intelligent Roman would accept. Unable to contain himself, he interrupted the proceedings, shouting that Paul's tremendous learning had driven him insane. Continue on, verse 27. Paul then turns to King Agrippa. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do. Agrippa replied to Paul, In short time you will persuade me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would wish to God that whether in short or long time, not only you but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am except for these chains. The king stood up and the governor and Bernice and those who were sitting with them. And when they had gone aside, they began talking to one another, saying, This man is not doing anything worthy of death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, This, might have been, this man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. That, my friends, is the end of chapter 25 and 26. There's nothing new under the sun. There really isn't. And as you're going through your day today, try to, and you're str- if you're struggling with faith at all, try to imagine Paul's scenario, which only continues to get more wild as we go into the next week's reading as he's being sent to Rome. It's amazing. It's amazing how similar Rome is to today. And it's, you know, you can't think about that without considering in the Rome's end result, right? We've gone the same way. We've gone the same way. We're professing to be wise, we have become fools may there be a great great revival and may Christians be filled with the type of faith and confidence and possess that lack of fear like what the apostle Paul had may we proclaim the truth above all things And may the gospel of the kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ be our main priority in life. That's all I have for you this morning. If you're being blessed by this, please consider supporting it. Please consider becoming a monthly Patreon at patreon.com slash truthfed. 
or you can support through PayPal or through the post office box. That's all I have for you this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.